0: ESPN 690, Action Sports Jax presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're gonna have to show a little more patience than the year two pom pom people, Casey Kurtz. Yo, <laughs> what are we doing, bro? Come on.
1: And Aaron Shafter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, and really celebrating their
0: relationship.
2: Get up! get 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 get
0: This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Tiki Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690.
1: Yes! From the studios of ESPN 690 in wonderfully beautiful sunny... What are we doing here? What in the world? I'm just trying to give it the proper intro. Brad uh, never does anything like that. I was going to say, Dad went to, like, go do some errands, left me driving the car.
0: <laughs> what was that? I wanted to light him up a little all bit, right. That all the way down the hall. Yes. This man
1: dropped the greatest intro of the history of the show.
0: Are you interrupted, by no. the way.
1: Oh. I, I did? Yes.
0: Was it an intro for Clay Harbor? No, but, I mean, oh. we
1: can. I can keep going. Dude! No, <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, let's bring Clay in. Yes. How about it? I let's mean, do it. With no further ado. <laughs> do- Oh I want a, I want an intro. I want an intro as good as that, though. <laughs> From the depths of Chicago. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know about the depths. That's all you get. <laughs> really, yeah. I really sold out there, did I? Listen, by the bye week, we'll something good. I was thinking, we'll something, I was
2: thinking something like. Your favorite Bachelor in Paradise All right. contestant. All right, I'll tell you your what, Clay. Favorite Jacksonville tight end. <laughs> something along those lines.
1: I will commit to you for uh, what day is today? Wednesday. For next Wednesday, you're gonna have a super professional. Fancy whoop de doo open, and we're all going to love it. You'll see.
0: I can't wait. <laughs> that's I a promise. Wait. I hope you can
1: keep. Oh, I can keep it. Uh, Brent Martin, Aaron Shackler, <laughs> uh, Kurtz. I will ruin my marriage over the weekend getting this thing done. Don't <laughs> worry.
0: <about>. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll end up on The Bachelor. That's
2: right. Hey, that's what's all coming together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you say, you're trying to say I'm not
0: handsome enough to be on The Bachelor? <laughs> Clay Harper with us, former Jags tight end. And up in Chicago, joins us each and every Wednesday. Well, first, before we get to the Jags, man,
2: how about the Bears? How about that? You were there, right? I was at the game, man. The Bears, uh, (laughs) it was a little bit wet. But luckily for me, I was in the the skybox. But uh, unbelievable game. It started as the worst game of football I think I've ever seen. And obviously that was partially due to the inclement weather. But, I mean, the Bears just looked bad in the first half. In the first half, in the first 20 plays of football, They didn't complete a pass to a wide receiver tight end. I think the first half, they had 20 yards total to a wide receiver tight end in the entire offense.
1: This was what was so confusing to me and Casey when we were chatting about it on Monday because, you know, we're big fantasy buffs. We're looking at these stats. All these guys you expect to see having a day in a Bears win were invisible. Like, what was going on?
2: So, obviously, it was tough for the weather. But, I mean, the first off, the thing I'm upset about is – I watch these camp practices. Cole Komet needs to be getting targeted. I don't care what's going on. And they're taking Cole Komet out in 21 personnel, which for you guys that don't know, 21 personnel is just the two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end personnel grouping, which is a good number of plays. Don't take Cole Komet out for Ryan Griffin. Cole Komet is supposed to be your playmaking tight end. Is that a, As a tight end, That's you don't take out your superstar in 21 personnel. Is that a run block decision on the Bears? Cole Kmet can run block though. I was thinking the same thing. Cole Kmet can run block. He's a great run blocker. I watched the tape. I watched the all twenty-two to see what's going on there. Yeah. I, I still can't put my finger on it.
0: I, what did we learn though from the Chicago game? Is something I've been like kind of beating all week because even for San Francisco's point of view. I mean, you seriously were playing in puddles. Like, I'm not sure what yeah. you're supposed, like, the elements were so bad. Like, no team yeah. will probably play in a game like that the rest of the year. Maybe they'll get some snow down the road that will look a little different than that. But uh, I just don't know what we could have learned from both. It's a great win by Chicago, for the record. But yeah. I just don't know what we learned about Trey Lance and San Fran or maybe even enough about Justin Fields and, and the offense.
2: Nothing. You you learn nothing in the football aspect about these teams, honestly. There's, I've played in over 100 NFL football games, and I've never experienced anything close to that. And as far as purely football standpoint, you really learned diddly squat. But what you did learn is that, hey, this this Bears team is resilient, and they're going to fight. And so the mentality is what I took away from this is the Bears don't care that they're picked as the 32nd best team in the league, or the you know it's it's terrible weather. The Bears are going to come to play, and they're going to play hard. Fields looked awful. He was the worst ranked passer in the in, in the league this week, but uh, he came back in the second half, and he got the W. So, hey, it probably says yeah. a
0: lot about Heberfus having them ready to go, too, even in those conditions. Uh, let me, a quick thought before we get heavy on the Jags. Uh, the Eagles win 38-35. Uh, did you like everything you you saw? You, I mean, obviously, A.J. Brown was unbelievable. Why didn't they throw it to Devontae Smith at all? Is he going to get zero catches every week? Mm.
2: Well, honestly, it was it was just that week for A.J. Brown. The guy's looking like Megatron out there. They uh, they got Goddard the ball a little bit. But it was the rushing attack. Uh Jalen Hurts and the three-headed monster, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders with a touchdown apiece, each chipping together with some good yardage. And Hurts running the ball well as too. So there just wasn't that many yards to go around. I think Hurts had like 220 yards passing. 150 of them go to um, A.J. Brown. Another 60 go to um, Stiles Goddard. That's pretty much the whole game. A couple screen passes to the running back. So Devonta Smith was just the, uh, the odd man out. That week. And I think if you got him on your fantasy team, you got to keep him. People are going to start cheating A.J. Brown. They can't double cover him because you got Dallas Goddard in the middle. You're going to have some one on one matchups with Devontae Smith coming. So I think he'll get involved more and more as the season goes along.
0: I feel like uh, the Eagles, sorry, Aaron, I feel like the Eagles might be. Tennessee, from a standpoint of the identity, like do you know their identity already? You like know who they want to be. They want to beat you up at the line of scrimmage. They got a big quarterback. You know Tennessee has the big running back, but they have a yeah. big quarterback. You can't bring down. My only question about Hertz, man. I look up, I see seventeen carries. I didn't watch the game, so. But if you see seventeen carries, he can't do that for seventeen games. I don't care how big you are at the quarterback position, can you?
2: No, he, he will not be able to uh, to put to put that many carries on. But he runs. He runs the zone read as good as anyone I've ever seen. And obviously he's fast and athletic, but he just has a great feel for the zone read. The way he runs it, I'm watching in training camp, they're they're playing there. I go, this guy's incredible running the zone read. So a lot of these are scrambling plays, but a lot of these are just designed quarterback read runs. You know, Jalen Hurts had 90 yards on 17 carries, averaging 15 yards of pop and a pop and a touchdown. You're thrilled if you're running back does that Oh, beyond. he comes back. Yeah, he is 240 yards receiving. Um AJ Brown 10 catches 155 looking at the stats. So I mean, he had a good game and the crazy thing is the fans in Philly are kind of pissed at Jalen Hurts for not for not throwing the ball better. So I mean, it's just crazy. The guy has 243 yards, 100 yards rushing almost and gets a W and then people still aren't happy. So
1: I will say you see a guy like him uh rushing as much as he is, you hope he's got a body like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, but And he's not necessarily small, but 6'1", 220 isn't 6'4", 240 like those other guys. So I think they do have to be worried. Looking at Miles Sanders' numbers, man, I certainly didn't expect it coming into the season. He had a good week, and I get it's a three-headed committee there. Some weeks Gainwell will be the guy. Some weeks Scott will be the guy. But if Miles has a couple more weeks like this, 96 yards and a touchdown, 13 carries on that uh, running back committee, he might put himself in position for comeback player of the year or something.
2: No, he's being at training camp and being on the field and talking to all the – you know, all the, the beat writers and the coaches and everybody out there, miles Sanders is going to be a superstar. Everybody expected this from him. I I don't want to say I told you so, but if you look at my old tweets at training camp, I was gushing about miles Sanders and Jalen hurts is, he looks like a tight end. Uh, Honestly, he, he, his arms are, are, are bigger than mine. And, and I do curls, you know, five times (laughs) a week for 45 minutes. So this guy, this guy's big. He's put together and, uh, he can run the football, man. This Eagles team's the real deal, but the defense—the defense was really disappointing for all of everything that Howie Roseman put together there as a GM. Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, looked like he didn't know what the heck to do with all those pieces. So we'll see if he can get better.
0: Clay Harbor joins us each and every Wednesday, 4 p.m. until 5 p.m. on Brent and Friends here in Jacksonville on ESPN 690. So talk a little Chicago and, and Philadelphia now. Let's get into the Jags. I'm wondering where you're going with this on the Jags. Like, what's the most? Uh, obviously, there were some good things to like, right? I mean, there's Trayvon Walker. Uh, yeah. I think there's the running backs. But I think, I mean, how much disappointment was there for you in the offensive line? I saw some of your tweets, and the pressure was just ridiculous For to have the numbers look the way they did. Ten QB hits. I think it was like 20 pressures, like almost half of of all the dropbacks. There was pressure on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the disappointment in the offensive line from a pass pro standpoint has to be paramount right now. What do you think about it?
2: Yeah. um, so I'll start with, you know, I like to start with, with the good. One of my old mentors always told me when you criticize someone, you always start with a compliment. It makes it better, you know, for them to receive it. So as far as the skill positions go, I was very impressed. You know, I think James Robinson looked phenomenal. He, he has an explosion, looked like he didn't miss a game. ETN, okay, he dropped the touchdown pass, a couple penalties called back. You know, there's a couple of things here and there, but, I love ETN. I think he needs to get the ball more. He had four four carries for 47 yards, had a couple catches, but he looked good. He looked explosive. I think this rushing attack is going to be what we thought it was with these two guys. And obviously, they'll get more carries depending on what, what game it is. Loved Christian Kirk. He looked great. He looked like a number one receiver. The Jags finally have a number one receiver. He, he looked like. He looked like the go-to guy in Zay Jones. I mean, Brent, we were talking, talking to all the guys in the organization. Zay Jones had a great camp, and he went out there, and he just did what he does. He had six catches, 65 yards, and looked good, looked fast, looked explosive. Marvin Jones, consistent Marvin Jones, looked good. Evan Ingram, um, you know, I think he had an up-and-down game, and you know, I criticize the tight ends. I'm harder on them than, uh, than anybody else. So, you know, that's that's tough. For, uh, for room, But I think he played pretty well but The offensive line has to get better I mean I think everybody saw it And I think it's all around the board I mean I, I don't know if they There's nothing you can do at this point But they got to get better I mean, Cam Robinson didn't play great Ben Barsh had a couple of you know, so-so plays Fortner I saw him miss a little bit um, You know John Taylor, Walker Little um, So they got to get better And if they give Trevor time I re-watched the game last night I was sitting here on my computer, my laptop, and and just rewatching the game. The Trevor, people are giving him you know are or criticizing him. When he had time, he looked good. When he didn't, he didn't look good. I mean, I mean that's that's pretty much it for me. So if you give Trevor Lawrence time, the guy can sling it, the guy's gonna produce, and the Jags offense is gonna win. The Jaguars should have won this game. To me, it was a pop. obviously you didn't get the W, but I was encouraged. To me, the Jaguars have won, you miss a field goal, you drop a touchdown. You know, you give up that drive to uh, to Wentz at the end of the game there. The Jaguars should have won.
1: You talked a little bit about the offensive line issues as well, some of the successes, but how much of what we're seeing from the offensive line that we'd like to improve, how much of that is a factor of them just needing to play more together, and how much of that is just this is who we're, we are this year?
2: You know, I, I think it's a little bit of both, and obviously there was some um, there were some parts in the season to where you know, the guys are they're deciding they're in, they're in battles, right? But Cam Robinson, you know, this guy he paid to be a top 15 offensive tackle, PFF has him, you know, rated as the 40th best, best tackle in the league. He's got to be better than that if he's, if he's you know, going to be that guy. Juwan Taylor was ranked ahead of him at, uh, at 33, according to PFF. So you got to be better there at the tackles first and foremost. you got two guys that aren't in the top 32 tackles in the league. So they got to be better, and for a guy like Cam Robinson, a veteran, a guy that you paid, I was disappointed for him to be giving up the pressure that he did give up. He's got to take charge. He's got to be a leader of the team and a guy that you can look to and say, "Hey, this guy. I'm not even worried about him. He's going to get the job done." I know we got a young guy at center. We got some young guys inside, and then um, you know, Brandon Sheriff. He's got he's got to get better. I think that he, you know, he he himself's got to play a little bit better of a game too. And he, he graded out as the forty sixth best guard in the league wow. at a fifty four grade. Like you you're getting paid as one of the if not the best guard in the league. Yeah. Right? Andrew Norwell was ranked forty five. He graded better than you, the guy that we got rid of to bring you here. You have to be better. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they're if the system's off, but They gotta be better
0: than that. Yeah, Clay Harbor with us on uh, ESPN six ninety Brent and friends, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz as well. Casey, jump in if you got something for Clay. But uh, the uh, I I don't know if it's a it's not a satisfiable thing. I think when we talk, especially on the radio show about it, or maybe in the media about it, but it's just I've learned I've watched the Jags play for fifteen years, and I've seen a little bit of everything now, and dissected it a million different ways. And I'm wondering if you can shed some light on this, Clay. I feel like trust is a big word. Confidence and trust kind of go together. But I don't think Trevor trusts a lot. Why would he coming off year one, right? On Sundays, he couldn't trust anything. He was getting hit. People were dropping. Couldn't trust his head coach. Like, he couldn't trust anything. I'm not saying he doesn't trust Doug Peterson and his coaching staff. But now you go play a game and you're getting pressured every other pass play. So now it's like, okay, What do I trust? Like, well, I can trust Christian Kirk. He's going to be open, so i got to try to get it to him. But I think the same thing works for the offensive line, and I think that's why you see guys like Cam Robinson and especially Brandon Sheriff maybe not play as well as you think they would, especially Sheriff. I mean, he's been one of the best guards in the NFL, but he probably doesn't trust what's next to him because the kids never played a game in the NFL, and whether he wants to, it's not like a negative, I never trust you to get the job done. It's just... I don't know what this guy's going to be like, so I'm a little worried about him. Might like, even be instinctual, you know, yeah. That's what I mean. It's just like, all right, we haven't worked together, so I don't know what to expect. And I would say maybe a little bit of the same with Cam Robinson. Ben Varcher's getting beat up a little bit. So maybe maybe Cam's starting to worry about Ben a little bit more than his own guy across from him. I don't know if yeah. that happens, Clay. But I feel like in the sport of football, but even the, in life, like that's a very common thing to happen. If you don't trust things around you, you're probably not going to perform pretty well.
2: I I if I'm if I'm Doug Peterson I make a move tomorrow today I make a move Luke Fortner is not ready to play in the NFL I mean watching the tape I I he he doesn't look like he knows and I was a fan of him at camp you know he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing out there and it all starts there and stems outside it's a PFF, PFF Pro Football Focus graded him as the last ranked center to take a snap he was he graded a 35 percent on his pass throw and a 50% of his run blocking. I haven't seen grades that low since my high school algebra class <laughs> that I was trying to take. This is, I mean, it's bad. Who's your and teacher? I, <laughs> this, yeah, yeah. She, she liked me, luckily. But I, I, literally I haven't seen grades that bad since high school. But, I mean, they, you, you got to make the move to Shatley, in my opinion. You don't have time to waste. This guy can learn. You know, you want to get him. you want to get him some plays. He's your draft pick. He's the young kid. You know Tyler Shatley can hold up. Tyler Shatley knows what he's doing. Tyler Shatley's a strong guy. For Trevor's sake, for your offensive line's sake, who nobody played well, probably the worst. I didn't look up the ranking for the entire offensive line. Had to be in the bottom five. Might be be the worst offensive line in the league this week. You bring in Shatley, a consistent veteran guy that knows what he's doing, strong dude in the weight room, can hold up in protection. He's smart, and I think he can help there. And then, you know, it stems from that first – that center, a guy who has to make a lot of the points, a lot of the calls, and then it goes from there. So, in my opinion, Luke Fortner, I'm sorry, I like you, but you got to go. You got to learn and learn, and, and you come back maybe mid-season, maybe next season when you're a little bit more um, experienced and, and you know what you're doing a little bit better. It
1: might be a little too early to ask this question because it's only been one week. But is it possible the hesitation on moving Shatley in Fortner's spot is because they want to see what develops with Ben Barch? Are yeah. going head to head in the in, in, in camp?
2: Yeah, uh, you got to make a Fortner and Barsh. Both those guys, in my opinion, Shatley is a better option at this point. From what I saw, I know it's Week One. From what I saw, Week One, and, and Fortner is obviously your third round pick, sixty fifth selection in the draft, almost second round pick. So you kind of pencil him in there. But if he's not performing, he's not performing, and it's not going like to say he's not going to be a good player. But you got to do better and you don't want your star quarterback running for his life building poor habits because every play like you said he's got trust issues it's like why I'm still single i got trust issues you don't want you don't want trevor to have trust issues, but come on, man. Get Sally in the game. Sure up this offensive line, and let's go here. we got the Colts coming to town next week. Divisional game. we got to get this W.
0: Well, hopefully you can give out a rose to someday find a significant other, and uh, maybe you'll give out a rose from the Jags' performance on Sunday uh, in the uh, next 40 minutes or so. Clay Harbor joining us on ESPN 690. Brent and friends, we talk more Jags when we come back. Let's take a timeout. Brent Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, as we dive into... The Jags, and now we go to Indianapolis. Well, the Indianapolis Colts come here. And how does this matchup look? Because there's part of it, it's like Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor. But then there's another element of it, it's like, wow, the Jags seem to me on paper like they have a huge advantage in one area. Hmm. And I want to see if you guys agree. Let's find out. That's coming up on ESPN 690.
2: I think that's a little bit of it, but also, you know, that's every team every year. You got new guys, and you got to adjust, and you got to make plays, and that's that's what it comes down to. You know, we have the guys to, to make those plays, so at the end of the day, there's really no excuses. We just got to go make them. So we, we missed some this week, but that's why you get 16 more opportunities to go to go do it this week. So I'm, I'm excited. Uh, we're taking it one game at a time, and like I said, good, good Colts team coming in here this week, and we feel really good about our plan so far.
0: That was Trevor Lawrence about uh, five hours ago here in jacksonville talking about getting ready for the colts we're going to talk about this game brent martineau aaron schachter casey kurtz brent and friends and that includes clay harbour who joins us each and every wednesday 4 p.m until 5 p.m and uh, maybe just add the quote of the show i definitely had the quote of the show you don't want trevor to get trust issues with that offensive line clay says that's the reason he's still single i mean you
2: can get back on the
0: bachelorette probably right can you get a second go around here
2: yeah they hit me up Brett, but I told them uh, I told them, hey, I'm retired like Andrew hey, from football. are you out no of the bachelor, bachelor business? <laughs> <me>. Wow <laughs> I'm out of business man. I'm hanging up my my bachelor cleats or my sandals. Yeah, to go you're back putting the, paradise
1: you're putting the cash cow out to pasture is what you're doing.
2: Yeah, I'm done. no more no more bachelor no more dating on television for me guys it's <laughs> it's too hard. Hey, by the way,
0: where did you go? Because, again, I, I don't I don't know as much as, like, Casey knows. And I don't know if you catch Casey. Yeah. He, like, live tweets The Bachelor every Monday. <laughs> so you guys might want to have a little oh, well. moment here. But where did you go? Like, how nice was it, whatever island you were on?
2: It was called Salulita, Mexico. It's kind of by Puerto Vallarta. But um, here's the problem, Brent, is... Um is there's no air conditioning on that island Ooh, that's so a you're hard sleeping pass. Yeah. yeah you're sleeping in 80 degrees humid humid weather Superhuman. so there's we're no air like you're sweating
1: tiger mosquitoes and stuff
2: oh i woke up a couple times and ants crawling all over me uh, it's not good suddenly you thought you're on the
1: bachelorette now you're on an episode of naked and afraid oh, Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> it's really like
2: survivor out there yeah, man. man it's <laughs> tough it's yeah, I'm uh, with
1: you. Pass on that one. Uh, yeah. You got to stick to the reality TV shows with air conditioning, like Big Brother or something like that. <laughs>
2: yes. You know, they actually hit me up, but I I said no thanks to that one too. That's a long. That's like a long hideaway, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even really take the call. They're like, hey, would you be interested in in doing this Big Brother? And I looked it up to see what it was. I'm like, nah, man, that ain't for me. <laughs> So I just, I didn't even let it get anywhere. There's
0: been some guys like uh, Marcus Pollard. You know him. Uh, He's on uh, Amazing Race. Yep.
2: Yeah, that's something that's cool. Like, I was talking to, uh, I talked to uh, The Challenge. It's like an MTV show, The Challenge. It's like a bunch of games. Like, I considered doing that, but, you know, decided. It's more like athletic
1: competitions
0: on that show. Yeah. Yeah. You should yeah, like do they sure. still do like uh the American Gladiator type thing or what was the one they used to have on like uh, <laughs> it wasn't American was Gladiators, but what what the recent one that had John Anderson. American Ninja Warrior? Is that what it was? Oh you're thinking of Wipeout. Wipeout. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's
2: that's oh, more yeah. of a slapstick comedy
0: thing, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to
2: try. Uh, the uh, American Ninja Warrior has always been cool to me. I thought I'd be good at that. But the, the American Gladiators back in the day, back in I, the day loved I, I, I loved that show. Nitro is the man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, Laser? Absolutely. See that, all but, yeah.
0: Clay, like I picture you could be one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. I'd be what would one be, one of be your control. American
1: Gladiator name? Jet yeah. Fuel.
2: Like what would yeah, you call it? Something like yourself? that. Conan. So hell man. That's <laughs> tough. I'll do some ancient, like Roman barbarian name for sure, though. Yeah, so ridiculous. many syllables. Prometheus.
0: Like what?
1: <laughs> I can uh, yeah. to spell
0: this. Hey, you you played through some lean years in Jacksonville, uh, and I I said this to start the show today. But we were talking to Trevor Lawrence, you know, just a weekly news conference, and I'm starting to wonder if the losing's wearing on him a bit, just personally. I don't think it's wearing on the locker room. So it's they're 0-1, right? Doug Peterson's 0-1. So I think there's a separation. But the media, the fans, and you know this, Clay, like you can't separate. And so the questions yeah. all go back to last year. Now you start compiling the numbers, and it's three wins and 15 losses on Trevor. And let's be honest, Trevor's never had to answer questions about losses this much in his life, like ever. And so yeah. I just feel like he really needs a win. Did you ever, and, and I'm, the city needs a win, by the way. The fan base needs a win. The franchise needs a win. Like I told Aaron, the ticket sellers need a win. Like, there's a lot of people that need a win. (laughs) But I just feel like maybe Trevor really, really, really needs a win to kind of get away from all that other chatter.
2: He needs a win early in the season, too. And he needs to be in the thick of things. He needs to be on a competitive team. And I think this is a very winnable game this week. But it does, like, mentally... If you lose your first 2 to 3 games, it is in the NFL it is hard to rebound from that. You got the media and a guy like Trevor, obviously I'm a backup, I'm a second-string tight end, like I'm flying under the radar, but a guy like Trevor Lawrence, a guy that's getting all the attention, supposed to be the savior of this organization. That's tough. You got to get the wins early and I think they'll come. You just got to protect the guy. The pieces around them look great as far as the running backs and the wide receivers. Loved it. Loved what I saw from those guys. He's got to keep him protected. And Trevor looked good. He missed ETN in the end zone once. I mean, there was a couple of plays here and there. But overall, when he was protected, he looked good. If you get this guy protected, he's going to make plays, and then the team will win. If your quarterback's playing well, your team's playing well. So, I mean, it all starts there, and I'm sure Doug will have a plan for that. The guy knows how to make adjustment adjustments. And um, I'm, I'm excited already for Sunday.
0: Yeah, and Clay, let's, I think this, we have to make this clear. And again, maybe some of this is relative, and I'm scarred by 15 years of being here and watching some of the quarterbacks that have run through here, quite frankly. But I, I think we have to separate the fact that Trevor might not have played as well as you want him to play. He missed some layups, no doubt. He still has to make more of these signature Trayvon Walker kind of plays at the quarterback position. I agree with yeah. all that but he didn't play, like,
2: poorly. Like, he didn't play bad. No. I don't think he played bad at all. I think I think when you go back and you watch it, and, you know, I'm a big, like, I watch it and I take my own opinion, and I come back, I, I watch again, and I look at some of whatever, whatever the else is saying, and, and I look at pro football focus. I think they're pretty good analytically, and I, and I see what they're doing. And they have some cool stats. And they have one stat where under pressure um, – Trevor Lawrence is obviously is playing very poorly, but when he's not being pressured, he is top five quarterback at a seventy some percentage uh, completion percentage. And when, when he's not getting pressured, he's just a different guy. Obviously, I don't know if that's in the card from this year. He might have to learn how to make plays under pressure. Yeah. And when he's not being pressured with no throwaways or no batted balls, he was top, I think top five in completion percentage. This guy can play. He showed me what I needed to see as far as see, like, hey, this guy is the guy that we thought we got. Now we got to protect him, and from there, you know, everything else is going to improve. Hey, Evan Ingram
0: did a couple things. He got like four catches. I I really liked how they spread the ball out. By the way, you could see it on the one drive. They hit, uh, I want to say they hit Kirk, and then they hit Zay Jones, and then they hit Marvin Jones, and then they hit Ingram, all in succession and it was like, wow, okay, that's what it can look like. That's really cool, um, and that's what we thought, right? We talked about all the weapons, and then you had ETN and Robinson, and I agree with you. They got to get more touches for ETN because he looks electric, and you know he's the guy that can, boom, take it the distance whenever he touches the football, and he would have even had more yards if they didn't get called for the, the penalty, the illegal shift, because he ran off a nice one for, like, 20-plus yards. But uh, let's focus on the tight ends for a moment because against yeah. the Gus Bradley defense – we watch this up close, and then we watch the scheme even with Todd Wash. It's a susceptible defense to tight ends if your quarterback can make the play. And I got a feeling this could be a big afternoon Sunday for a guy like Evan Ingram. What do you see:
2: Yeah, you know, obviously, uh, I'm familiar with that with Todd Wash with um, you know that, that style of defense, and I think that, I think Ingram showed me some good things. I don't think I think that. Route wise he rushed a couple routes, but he made some plays. He caught the football when the football was there. So that's what I mean, that's why you brought him here is to catch the football and, and to be a game breaking tight end. But I think that's something you can exploit. You can get him involved early, get him down the center of the field, and now they guess what? They have to worry about Christian Kirk, they have to worry about Zay Jones and you got a consistent Marvin Jones out there. So I think you're right, this could be a big week for Evan Ingram. What about
0: you mentioned Christian Kirk? You say the Jags have a number one wide receiver. I agree with you. I mean, he looked the yeah. part, right? I, I think they almost have to feed him a bit more. And again, you got to keep everybody happy. That's a tough thing. I mean, the Jags actually have enough people where you're like, hey, this guy can beat you. He can do this. This guy can beat you. He can do this. Now you got to keep them all happy. But Christian Kirk, and we continue to say this, Clay, he's open all the time, like yeah. all the time. Why? Why is he open so much? Like what is this guy so good at?
2: He's just a great route runner. He's he's consistent. He's a great route runner. I mean, he runs, he's not crazy fast. He's got 445 speed, which is fast, but it's not crazy fast. I and mean, he runs good routes. The guy uh that that deep that deep ball he caught on um on Sunday. Yeah. That that like 40-50 yard. Look at the. Route. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 he he runs this corner post he's good he gives his eyes to the defensive back those little things that's what gets you open and that's how you can tell a guy's confident if he's selling the route he's confident he can he can turn his his whole body his eyes and he's confident he can get back on his route and track the football that's not easy to do that's how you know a player is playing confident he's catching the ball with his hands he's not catching the ball with his chest when i see a guy that is running routes like that, is using his eyes, is using his body, is using his body language to run routes, is catch-snatching everything with his hands, that's how you know a player is confident. And that's what I saw in Christian Kirk. and that's why I say this guy looks like a number one receiver. He wants the ball. He is playing confident, and I think Trevor's confidence in him is building So uh, I I like what I see between them two, and I like Zay Jones. Zay Jones is playing confident, too. Those two guys are going to have huge
1: years this year. Yeah, Zay Jones was getting open all day, too, in addition to Christian Kirk. So I guess I'm looking at the field and looking at these guys getting open and looking at Trevor going, how many games do we think it takes before he starts to get into a rhythm with these guys where it's not about referencing the play in his head. He just knows where they're going to be. He knows when they're going to be. These are all new guys to him, whether it's Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, or Evan Ingram, all of them reliable targets or – at least they were last week. So, like, how long do we think that relationship takes?
2: I think it's. I think you can see the start of it happening now. I mean, mm-hmm. that was impressive. That was. Imp- I was so impressed. The Jaguars receivers. That's something you haven't seen in a while. And you go back. You know, I love. I love looking at PFF because it's just. It, it's a good. It's something good that you can measure guys on. And the Jaguars had two receivers in the top twenty-five. Of their ranking, too. What do you think last the last year, time was, that happened was? Exactly, Probably Hearns yeah. and Robinson, maybe, maybe a few yeah, years back, five, six years ago. And I don't know if they're in the top twenty-five because think about it, you know, a number one receiver needs to be in the top thirty-two team. We got two last week in the top twenty-five grading, yeah. grading out. So this, these guys both played well. I was so impressed with Zay Jones, so impressed with Christian Kirk. These guys are playing confident. They're running routes. They're just, they're just not running around getting to spots. They're running crisp, good routes, and if if the O-line can hold up, if we get Barsh and Fortner, you know, we got to file it under those guys, then, hey, I think this team is still a really good team. I know we're 0-1 right now, but, hey, with this running game that we got, Robinson, ETN, I think this could be a scary offense still. I know you got to improve in the O-line, but I'd am be I'm very encouraged here, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Doug gets his thing right on Sunday and it's going to be an explosive game for the Jags offense well you know it's, it's really interesting you, you,
0: like I'm listening to you talk and we're talking through and we've been talking about it since Sunday and I, I don't disagree with you like I think a lot of that is there that's crazy for me because I don't watch the game schematically very often like I'm just kind of what okay what happens and describe what happens and check out what happens but you at least my vantage point in the press box on Sunday you could see it all open like all, again, I have a hard time criticizing P, criticizing Peterson, even though they ran for 6.8 yards a carry. It's hard to say, Doug, you should have given it to X or Y when yeah. all these other places, these plays yeah. were open. Yeah, like, it was working. It was open. a touchdown to ETN. It was another touchdown to ETN. It was a touchdown to Zay Jones. They just got to make the dang play. Like I get what Doug's saying. He's like yeah, the plays are there. Go make them. Like, I, We can all complain that, hey, you should give it to James Moore. Yeah. I think ETN should touch it more. But the bottom line is, like, everything that he called, well, not everything, but most things that he called were open. I'm going to give you two more plays, too, okay? I've talked about this one countless times, and Trevor talked about it today. When third and four, late in the game, they have a chance to go put the game away. They just stopped them on the two-point conversion. And Christian Kirk, again, I have a great vantage. I have Trevor's vantage point just from, like, Eighty yards back, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at it from his lens, but a high above, and yeah. I and I don't have a uniform on, thankfully, but <laughs> but I can see, like you can see, Kirk, he's got two steps on the defender. It's wide open, and he throws it, but the line, the defensive lineman, gets his hands up and stuffs it. Yep, he blocked it. I mean, that was the game-winning play. Yeah, and I don't know if that's the offensive lineman's fault, which a lot of people say it is a lot. You got to put the hands down. Um, is that a passing lane thing? Who knows? But it was there. The other one, and I'm still, I disagree with Trevor. I think he's trying to take too much on here. I think the throw to Marvin Jones down the right sideline, where okay. Marvin beats his guy, and that might have been a touchdown, by the way, where yeah. he underthrows him. I think he got hit more than he's letting on today in the news conference. Now, he said he still should get it there. But I, now it wasn't like a, a duck, it was still a spiral. But I've never seen Trevor Lawrence short hop anymore. Yeah, it was clear he was disrupted on the floor. I mean, he was yeah. disrupted by that guy. Yeah, I thought he nicked his shoulder or something like that to throw off the throw. But so those are two plays, Clay, to your point. Like, those things are monster plays in the game. And we're not, and we've already talked about it, you know, at length about the drops and the overthrow to ETN and everything else.
1: Well, all right. So, like, jumping off of that point then, knowing what we know about the fact that we saw these receivers open on pass plays, the fact that their rush game was unreal last weekend what do you think we're going to see change most in this you know opt in an optimal game script against the colts or are they just going to go run it again because it was working they just need to put it
2: together this time it's there i mean the it's there that's you, you have you have everything you need you look at that game the offense to me looked really good okay like you guys are saying there's a couple plays here and there but if they protect you can call the recipe is there. The recipe they had in that game against the, the commanders was great. You're about to cook up some really good stuff. You had a great recipe. This is going to be a great meal, but you, the, the guys couldn't execute. You know, some of the ingredients were spoiled, passed due a little bit. But I like the recipe. This, this week, you got to make sure that your ingredients, you know, are all, are, aren't expired. You know, the offensive line is going to be better. But the recipe is there. You're going to do a better job of protecting, and I think this team is going to score 30 plus points. I mean, it's there—the receivers. What I saw from those two receivers, three receivers—you got three guys on the field that will run good routes and catch the football. Uh, and then obviously, Evan Ingram can play two, and then you got two really good running backs, James Robinson. 10. There's there's only one football. These guys are an explosive, fun group of players, and I'm excited for Sunday. I'm telling you guys, I am not. Okay, I'm I'm not happy because they lost, but I am encouraged from what I saw on every skill position of the Jaguars. I mean, it was impressive stuff there and I think they're going to keep getting better because they are, you know, learning to play with play with each other for the first time. So I I'm really I'm really looking for something big. I'm looking for the same style of offense that they're going to play. Um, against the Colts.
0: Well, the lesson to be learned here is on Saturday before the game, they better hit the farmer's market.
2: <laughs> Make sure all the ingredients yeah. are good. Absolutely. <laughs> Snip that <laughs> milk on Saturday night. Make sure you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, the recipe's there. Hey, the recipe's there.
0: You got to hand out a rose, a nice fresh rose to somebody for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. When we come back and put a bow on Clay Harbor, join us on Brighton Friends on ESPN 690. We give out a rose, the final rose, at least for a Wednesday, when we come back yeah. on ESPN 690. Brent and friends is what we call it on ESPN 690. And it's Brent Aaron Schachter. It's Casey Kurtz. It's Clay Harbour on Wednesdays, 4 p.m. until 5 p.m. He's killing it, man. Having a lot of fun talking football with Clay Harbour, Jags. We talked a little Eagles. Chicago Bears you can always go back and listen on the podcast by the way on uh, Action Sports Jax. and also you can listen you can find on, it on ESPN 690 on YouTube on this everywhere everywhere just look up Action Sports Jax or ESPN 690 and you got us uh everywhere you can possibly find us uh Casey you I know you've been working over there but get in here man I mean break <laughs> it down what happened on Monday night what's the latest bachelor whatever going, like where are we we're at the end <laughs> What, I, don't, again, I saw well, you we, tweeting, you know, like, what is going on? Like, what yeah. happened the other
2: night? <laughs> yeah, well, it was last night. There was some, some sus behavior going on all around for my money. Uh, I, again, I don't like how they did the season. I think they turned their their hero against them. She kind of did that herself. But uh, I think they're going to get a negative reaction to their uh, bachelorette when this is all over. Let me Clay, a little a little more specifics in. there. Yeah, guys, I'm sorry, Casey, that uh, I hate to tell you this, man, but I don't watch that show no more. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. My cousin is actually gonna be on Bachelor in Paradise. So I will watch that because my cousin that I got on The Bachelor <sighs> will star in Bachelor in Paradise. Nice. He'll be there the whole time. So we'll be able to talk about more uh, more bachelor stuff then, but I don't I don't really voluntarily watch that show no more, Casey. It man. sounds sorry, like buddy.
1: it sounds like you're really soured on the whole production.
2: The whole production, honestly, the the way they, the way they, the whole bachelor world, man, is, is pretty, uh, is, is pretty terrible in my opinion. It's just a a bunch of like male models that want to be Instagram famous. And I don't know. It's pretty weird. So, all right. So now I got to,
1: now I got to dig a little bit on this because, uh, when I went on a Disney cruise recently, it was like a, a big media contingent and a large part of this media contingent were influencers. And you could tell the difference between the media professionals and the influencers because the influencers were content at all costs, and the media oh, yeah. professionals were just like professional people. Yeah. did you get annoyed at the influencers more than anybody or everybody, or is just everybody trying to be an influencer because it's you know it's it's a way to kind of pivot from that fame
2: well, you can't blame the people because like the guys that go on that show they literally most of them literally have nothing going in their, going on in their lives and they, you, you know, know, like a substitute just,
1: teacher who then went on the bachelor kind of thing.
2: Absolutely. Or something along those lines are living in their mom's basement. And it's this opportunity to become an influencer and you can make a lot of money doing it. So yeah. business wise, I get it. You have to take a swing on some of these opportunities, but it's a huge popularity contest Yeah, and they edit stuff to, to the production. If you're a friend with the production, will edit stuff to make a guy look a certain way and they're really not. And then, just a big popularity contest to see um, who can get the most followers and make the most money on Instagram. Is it really
1: that fickle? If you're just friends with the editors, then you, you kind of get favored treatment.
2: I mean, it, it's it's. I mean, that's a big part of it. Okay. You're friends with the editors, you're friends with the producers, and they'll take care of you, and and that's what it's about. It's about people, they they go on there just to be portrayed. A specific way. It's not like a real-life thing to where you're really going on there and just being yourself. You're just trying your best to get people to like you. And for me, like, I'm hanging out, like, I'm a football player. I respect these NFL guys who work their tails off, you know, blood, sweat, and tears going through training camp to, to make an NFL roster. And guys that have really, you know, worked hard to do something in life, not guys that got casted on a TV show and think they're Leonardo DiCaprio all of a sudden and <laughs> you really aren't that cool
1: well to me and granted I'm I'm sitting here on the couch watching through a television well I'm not even watching the show I'm, I'm I'm pontificating on something I don't watch but there's just an air of desperation to influencers in general and reality TV stars that kind of makes it hard to to enjoy
0: thoroughly yeah I think the moral of the story here is you should have been making out with the producers <laughs>
2: Absolutely. If you get here with the producers, that's uh, that's you're probably spending your time better with the producers yeah. than you are with the actual yes. bachelor, bachelorette. Think of the return on the investment.
0: All right. Well, all that said, we're giving out a damn rose anyway. Are these yeah. ro- are the roses fresh? Are they real? <laughs> Is it rotten they're roses? They're real roses. They're oh. real roses, yeah. Oh, they yes, sent them all in. So, all right. you I mean. Where are you going? Offensive side? Trayvon Walker in his first game? Where are you going with the Rose? Who are you giving your final Rose to on a on a Wednesday?
2: All right, so uh, I'm going to do it like this. I'm going to say, you know, Trayvon Walker, I mean, we had a great connection, man. I like some of the things you did. Had a big sack. Had a big interception. But overall, you know, I think you can still improve. And you, can get more, you can get more productive in every down. So sorry, Trayvon. You're not getting the rose. Wow. I got to say, James Robinson, you know, I mean, I really like the things he did out there. He only had 11 carries, he had 66 yards, and two scores. I mean, that's impressive, but Great game. James, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not giving you the rose either.
0: What? Wow. Um, Urban gave him the thorns.
2: <laughs> yeah. I am going to give this rose to this guy's first game. We have a number one receiver in Jacksonville, yeah. finally. And his name is Christian Kirk. Nice. Six catches, 117 yards. Yeah, big 50-yard bomb he caught. The guy's running great routes. He's catching the ball with his hands. He's playing with confidence. He's given me hope for this passing attack. And I think this week, against the Indianapolis Colts, Kirk, Jones, the Jones brothers, Evan Ingram are going to have a big day, and Trevor Lawrence will throw for over 300 yards, and the Jags will get the win. Full take.
0: Nice. Love it, man. Love it. Clay Harbor, that was awesome, man. Good job this last hour. Enjoy uh, week two of the football season, and and we'll be back at it in one week, hopefully coming off a Jags win.
2: I want a good introduction next week, guys. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't forget. <laughs> Aaron, that's on you. You it's promise. coming.
1: I promise you it's coming. All right, man. Thanks. Right. Have a I'm good one. I'm waiting
2: week. for it. All right.
0: Later, guys. <laughs> that's Clay Harbor. How good is he? That's fantastic. So much fun. Uh, we'll be back. Football at 5 coming up next on ESPN 690.